Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. I'm here with my colleague, David Tainter. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. We're gonna, we are going to do another episode today where we bring you up to date on not just the latest in the in the Trump Russia story, but particularly the issue we were talking about. We did a couple episodes uh, two weeks ago about Michael Cohen. Um, he's obviously there's been a lot of fireworks and and colorful news over the last. It's three weeks now since there were those yeah, raids right. in at his. Yeah, I keep every time I talk about this, I have to say his residence, his <laughs> office, his hotel, yeah. his safe deposit box. Right. So there's a and he's like an inherently uh, colorful character, and he whenever nowadays whenever we talk about Michael Cohen, Stormy Daniels, That's right. and her hotshot lawyer Michael Evans, <laughs> her omnipresent yes, lawyer Michael Evans, yes. friend of the podcast, so. yeah, friend of the podcast. He was here, and we appreciate that. We're going to try to get him on again. Uh, so we're going to we're going to look into what has happened, and try to bring you up to date with the critical information, because things have been a lot more sort of diffuse and all over the place over the last, uh, you know, last uh, week Yeah, plus. it's like the Ronnie Jackson blow-up kind of eclipsed some of this stuff. The White House correspondence dinner nonsense has kind yeah. of taken up a lot of the oxygen over the weekend yeah. the last couple of days. which so. that was a weird 36 hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I almost, I almost feel like, I mean, it was just... I, we are we are members of the White House Correspondents yeah. Association, and and so some of our some of our staff attended yeah, the dinner. Our, our, we actually had staff there. Um, now the, the the Correspondents Association is you know people know it from this dinner, but what it what it is, you know, and it also does these scholarships and stuff like that. Right. But it is actually an organization that organizes press pools, right? Um, for who you know. Who travels with the president, who's at the White House, kind of giving regular updates to not just that team of reporters, but basically, I mean, you know, it kind of gets disseminated out to yeah. the media at large, really. Yeah, ex- exactly. So so there's a traveling pool, but like, just for instance, and, and TPM is a small organization, so we, I think we are on, we are on a monthly rotation on the in-town pool. And what that means is once a month, and, and ironically, that... That once a month day was yesterday. Right. Um, once a month, uh, a TPM reporter basically is with the president in all of his public settings yeah. through the entire day. So, right. so for instance, uh, I don't know specifically yesterday, but probably the president had a few, you know, drove to this event, drove back and stuff like that. And you have, there are a few different pools. So like there's a radio person, there's yeah. a print person. Television and whatnot. Exactly. So the point is just like there, like wherever the president is, whenever it's public, there's reporters there. Yeah. Kind of if anything happens, they're there to write it down. So anyway, yeah. that's, uh, it's complicated. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's get some let's get some business uh, taken care of here. You you know, or you should know by now, that the Josh Marshall podcast is sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee, and David and I are both sitting here uh, with our Grady's Cold <laughs> yeah. Brew. They've got the they've got the TPM staff like like addicted. Now. It's it's really something. Yeah. yeah, it is something. So so let me just tell you uh, something really quick here. Calling all cold brew fans. 
Spring has finally sprung, so it's time to switch from hot coffee to Grady's Cold Brew, the most refreshing pick-me-up around. Our famous blend uses 100% Arabica beans from Indonesia and Ethiopia with just a hint of French chicory for the smoothest, richest, most indulgent iced coffee experience, all delivered to your door at a fraction of what it costs from the coffee shop. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady's coldbrew.com. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. Cool. All right. So yeah. we got that. Got that. So, you know, I saw on, um, I, saw, I saw, I think it was on, on, on Twitter, uh, someone tweeted, you know, a TPM fan, a, a Josh Marshall podcast fan who now like, you know, has the religion and 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 knows how good uh, Grady is, but he's like welcome an, to the club. Yeah, welcome to the club. But he's like an international businessman. Oh wow! So he spends a lot of his time in Poland. Oh really? And so now he's hard to like, get Grady's out there. Well, he's 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 you know he's given the Grady's folks, I guess, a hard time on Twitter about when you're going to deliver to to Poland. <laughs> I mean, I guess they can probably yeah deliver. Right. It has to keep cold. I think that might be a complication. Well, it, but. Well, it does. But this is in the, you know giving them like free extended commercial here. But they have <laughs> you know there's the there's the prepared Grady's, but they also have oh, these the bean bags. bags. True. Right. So True. you can like get them, and I mean those things you could send those to the moon, right? right? As long as you have <laughs> take them camping as long wherever as you, you want to go. Water. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm not sure Grady's requires gravity. I don't think so. It's it's diffuse. It's diffusion. Yeah. So just has to steep. Yeah, exactly. So I think even probably in in low earth low earth <laughs> orbit, you could someone should try it out. Yeah, totally, totally. Let okay, us, let us know how it goes. Yeah, let us know how it goes. If you are up in uh, uh, this, <laughs> what is it? Not the oh, the International Space Station. Yeah. But I guess now they they uh, you can only go to those on I think Russian rockets. Oh, is that I right? Think that, well, that's post space shuttle. That's uh, the only that's oh, the only way to I get got up you, there. Right. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Michael Cohen. Obviously, it. We had, I think it's about exactly three weeks ago now, on April 9th, you had those raids. And, you know, there's nothing that can really compare to the sort of the, the high-octane news yeah. event yeah. of raids on the personal lawyer of the president of the United States. And that was what made it an, an additional big deal is that, you know, we knew that uh, Paul Manafort was – you know, under investigation in very serious uh, legal hot water. So we didn't know when his uh, home was going to be raided, but it wasn't terribly surprising. That's right. We yeah. knew he was a, you know, a, a, you know, we're all into the, the fine distinction between subject and target. Exactly. Now. But he was, he was in the crosshairs yeah. of, of uh, the special counsel. We really did not know that at all about Michael Cohen. Right. So that made it that made it a huge. Um, so just to back up, I yeah, mean, before the raid, thing. before the raid, Michael Cohen was basically in the news lately in the Stormy Daniels lawsuit, right? Which is a civil suit, you know, about the the hush money payment to her, right? But so then that, it kind of took a, a, a new criminal turn. turn, right? So we did know he had he had given testimony to. Um, I believe it was the Senate investigation, maybe also mm-hmm. the House investigation. But he had sp- he had appeared on Capitol Hill, so we knew that. We knew he had some involvement, which is not surprising, with with the the, the larger Russia probe. And I'm pretty sure we knew he had also at least spoken to the special counsel's office. I don't know right. if he had appeared before a grand jury, but we knew he was. We knew who there, there, that there was some involvement there. But lots of people have yeah. spoken to the special counsel's yeah. office, and obviously. Um, the universe of people who get asked to come in 
for a discussion is vastly larger than, than yeah. the people who will um, actually, you know, face, face yeah. legal jeopardy. So in any case, so there was a couple months where we had this expanding Stormy Daniels thing, and uh, Stormy Daniels got set with a lawyer who, uh, you know, really knew how to keep advancing the story, keep upping the state stakes, both in a legal context and in a press context. Yeah. And when you're when you are the president of the United States and the uh, fixer slash lickspittle of the president <laughs> of the United States, the, you know, the media yeah. part of the equation is is, you know, uh, perhaps not uh, equally, uh, equally great to the to the legal part, but it's 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 pretty big. Yeah. So that happened. It was a very big deal. There have been a few hearings since then, but the trick, but the the stream of news has has slowed down a bit. Yeah, we had uh, Allegra Kirkland down yep. last week right. at the courthouse, and that's when they're they're still kind of going back and forth. Right. On... So the issue really is all these materials were seized from Michael Cohen's various. I don't know, rooms and houses and whatever. And his facilities. Yeah, exactly. And the issue now is sort of what is protected by attorney client privilege, right? He's right. the president is his client and there's correspondence or I don't know, transactions, who knows exactly what it is. But really now the the fight is over what can be sort of used in the court of law and what is you know, what is sort of off limits. Is right. that right? Right. I think there's the main issue is is attorney client privilege. I think there's a a smaller secondary issue of, you know, the things that are seized have to be covered in the search warrants. Right. You can't just, you know, willy take nilly, you yeah, take yeah. whatever you want. So, but, but that's the more, but the more pressing issue uh, is, is, is the, is a privilege issue. Now, one thing that uh, Allegra noted, and it was just a very small thing. It didn't seem to have a great deal of significance in and of itself, but there was some bickering between the lawyers for, the president and the lawyers for Michael Cohen, and it was, it was almost just in the sort of the back and forth between you know I'm talking, you're talking, and <laughs> right. you know my, but what seemed to be, what seemed to be, um, the nub in that exchange was the lawyer for the president saying we are the privilege holder, so we are the ones with standing here, mm-hmm. and as a, as a as a technical legal matter that's true it it is the it's the lawyer's responsibility to um to protect the privilege right. but the person being protected is the client right um and it just seemed to be the first kind of hint of an antagonism that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. would be there and we're starting to see it now since then there've been there've been a few other things now you know that uh, the president had this string of tweets where he said, you know, Michael's a good guy, you know, hope everything goes great for him. <laughs> that sort uh, of seems to be his common refrain in these situations, right? Yeah. Hope he's going to be great is what he says about Scott Pruitt and other yeah. various people who are in trouble in his yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's 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 almost like that kind of, uh, you know, a mobster refrain, like, hope nothing bad happens <laughs> right. or something like that. In any yeah. case, yeah. what was notable is that he was starting to pretty seriously distance himself from Michael Cohen, yep. saying that he, you know, did some sort of peripheral legal work for yep. him and that mainly, you know, that Michael wasn't even really mainly a lawyer. He's a businessman. Right. And he doesn't know what businesses Michael right. was involved in. Right. And that's when he that's when he had the comment about, like, I hope, hope everything turns out okay for him. In any case, 
not terribly surprisingly, the president tried to say like, this is not, you know, this isn't me. This is this other guy, Michael <laughs> Cohen, and not someone. Not someone I've worked with for yeah, decades. Yeah, not someone I, I have a, 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 a great deal to, um, a great deal to do with. So, th- so that that exchange in the in the um, in the courtroom was kind of a hint. Now, something else has happened in the last few days, and that is that the National Enquirer has this big front page story, basically an attack on Michael Cohen, like his his secrets and lies, secrets I and lies. You know, kind of a standard you know <laughs> yeah. uh, National Enquirer thing, which we, which. We might not have thought much of, except for the fact that the National Enquirer over the last few years has become almost like an organ of the Trump political operation. You know, back during the primaries uh, leading into the 2016 campaign, they had these things about, you know, oh, you know, Ted Cruz's dad killed John F. Kennedy and <laughs> right. just this kind of over the top stuff. The point is... Um, the president has this relationship with the guy who runs the parent company of the National Enquirer. I think his name is David Pecker. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of n- a nice kind of <laughs> rich name like everybody yeah. involved in this story has. Yeah. In any case, uh, things that appear in the National Enquirer that have anything to do with politics these days seem to be either in the interest of President Trump or with the at the suggestion of, of President Trump. Yeah. So when we saw that, that really seems like they're, they're kind of- It's a shift, yeah. Yeah, it's a shift, and, and going to war with this guy. Right. And yesterday, uh, Jim Acosta, who is with CNN, and, and one, of their, one, of, one of their best reporters, um, talked to someone in the Trump orbit and said kind of like, is it fair to see this as sort of like a turn, like the president is turning against yeah. Michael Cohen? And he basically got, yeah. <laughs> it is fair to see it that way. And yeah. the key is then he talked to Michael Cohen. He said, what do you make of this? Mm-hmm. And what his and, – and Michael Cohen said, what do you think? Right. So basically kind of like the Trump people are saying right. they've turned on Cohen and Cohen knows it. Right. So there are a lot of reasons to think that the president has now decided that Cohen is expendable. Yeah. He's probably going to cooperate. This kind of stuff makes it even more likely yeah, that, he, that he will cooperate. And even just to rewind to last week when Trump was on Fox and Friends, he was asked about Michael Cohen and basically his response was, oh, he represented me in that crazy Stormy Daniels deal, but he's not really that, not doing that much legal work for me. He sort of said he's got businesses. He kept saying the word business right. over and over again. Right. That right. Got Which is attention. true. He does yeah. have his own independent, right. independent stuff. Now, a couple other things. Now, let me let me backtrack a little bit. One thing that, and this is based on my reporting, although it is echoed in 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 reporting from other, in reporting from other publications, that immediately after those raids on Michael Cohen's facilities, uh, there was there were lots of signs from Trump's family, like literally family, right, and people right around um, uh, Donald Trump that they had zero confidence that Cohen was not going to cooperate and turn on the president. Yeah. And I know that as a fact that that was their assumption. Precisely why it was their mm. assumption wasn't totally clear to me. We can we can yeah. infer that they just assume he doesn't want to spend decades in prison and right. he'll and and he'll uh, uh, make a deal. So that has been there from that has been there from the the very beginning. But uh, so 
it, it's not terribly surprising that they're that they're moving in this direction. But at the same time, a number of things have come out about Cohen over the last three weeks that give you a sense of those businesses that he's involved in. Right. Um, how they may tie together with Donald Trump. And so both the vulnerability he has to prosecution and what he may be able to provide to prosecutors. So there was, you may not have seen it, there was an article in the the Wall Street Journal uh, last week that was... It's <laughs> it's an amazing piece. I want you to go read it. It's an amazing piece. I, the headline was uh, basically like, "I miss you, boss." I boss, mean, I miss you so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to even really describe just yeah. the the um, the the self abnegation <laughs> and and emotional neediness yeah. of of this relationship. You should really read it. It's, uh, again, it's an article from the Wall Street Journal. It's a kind of a, a lengthy article, Wall Street Journal, uh, last week. There's one thing I want to flag, though. In there, I'll just read you this paragraph. Gregory Ehrlich invited Mr. Cohen. Let me, let me back up. Mr. Cohen, who as a teenager frequented Brooklyn's ethnic Russian neighborhoods and married into a Ukrainian family, cultivated a rough-and-tumble streetwise image. Gregory Ehrlich invited Mr. Cohen to his wedding and was amused to hear he hear him brag to another guest that he belonged to the Russian mob. Hmm. Mr. Ehrlich, who is now estranged from Mr. Cohen, said he doesn't believe his former friend had any such ties. Well, Mr. Ehrlich has not been following the news <laughs> because whether or not Cohen is a a, a, a member of the Russian right. mob, he has many such ties. And and I thought it was, it, it was just interesting how that was yeah. dropped into that uh, Cohen piece. We also know, and you remember when we talked... Uh, a little more than a week ago on the Josh Marshall podcast about all these kind of maneuverings with, with the taxis and stuff, there was another article about Cohen and Cohen's father-in-law's loans right. to this other taxi cab family, the Stainers. In, Chica- in Chicago, is that right? Well, their, their, their business is in Chicago, right. but they are also based right. in New York. Right. So it's another New York family yeah. of immigrants from Ukraine who are big in the taxi business, and there's lots of money moving around. Now, Now the Associated Press said that just recently, Cohen and his father-in-law had loaned $26 million to this family, seemingly to help them weather the, the downward move of the taxi industry. Um, I still need to go back and look at the Chicago Tribune reporting on that, because I think that the I think that that's actually a low estimate. They were saying that the father-in-law uh, uh, loaned $20 million and that Cohen himself loaned uh, $6 million. Oh, wow. okay. So there's a lot of money moving yeah. around here in a business that is collapsing. Yeah. Now, the other thing that the AP uh, brought to the table was that the Steiner family seems to be moving into the legal pot business in, in Nevada. <laughs> And so there's a question about whether is this to is this to save the taxi business mm. or to move into the weed business. Right. Now, I'm all for anybody like, you know, diversifying. Uh, yeah, well, business, diversifying yeah. and also moving into uh, the marijuana business yeah. wherever it is legal. Yeah. Um, John Boehner's getting in on. Yeah. It, so. Even John. I mean, everybody's it's, <laughs> it's you know, I'm. 
you know, I, I, at this point, I expect, I expect you, yeah. George, George W. Bush to be moving into the pot <laughs> business before long. In any case, uh, and, and when they made their, you know, kind of regulatory filing in um, in Nevada, they basically said, you know, we're, we're transitioning from the taxi business into the yeah. into the legal weed business. So. I don't want, you know, I don't want to run afoul of of defamation and libel laws. I never want to do that. But these are all people, certainly uh, uh, Fima Schusterman and Michael Cohen, these are people who have extensive ties to people in the Russian and Ukraine immigrant organized crime. Uh, and there's a lot of money moving around here. Yeah. So that is something that the... Southern District of New York, and, and indirectly at least, uh, special counsel is probably going to have some interest in. Now, uh, just this morning, we found out that Cohen has been hit with a couple hundred thousand dollars more back taxes yep. in New York State tied to his taxi cabs. Now, we there was there was this gets very complicated, and the big story here is. Again, the collapse of the taxicab business, which is something that goes far beyond the Coens. Yeah. It's something that's it's across the country. It has to do with Uber and Lyft. Um, what we don't know is how much he's just kind of letting some back taxes ride because he's got other things he's working on. Right. Or whether he's under some sort of severe pressure right. that would add to... You know, yeah. lack of cash flow. Yeah. All, who knows? I mean, you know, when you look at the Stormy Daniels payoff, he financed that with his home equity line, right? And, yeah. you know, we were talking about this among editors at, at TPM. That's not something you do when you're in a sort of flush financial situation. So it's kind of hard to see if he did, if he needed a home equity line for that payment, he wouldn't necessarily have a few hundred thousand dollars sitting around to take care of some tax yeah, bills. Yeah, yeah. We, we just don't know. And I, and I think... Um, but at the same time, there's these $26 million loans going out. So there's like money to be worked with, I guess. <laughs> well, and remember, too, is, is these loans are going to a company and a family that seems to be in severe financial distress. Right. So that's that's not, you know, that's not how it works. You don't usually <laughs> yeah. loan that much money. No one owns right. it. So, so we don't know what's going on there. It has always been a, a sort of a minor mystery where the money for Stormy Daniels came from. Um, and last week, we talked about this on the site. And again, you want to go deeper into any of this stuff, check out TalkingPointsMemo.com. TPM, it's called TalkingPointsMemo.com. We go, it's where we report on all this stuff. Um, there was information last week. We got a little more information on like how much is, is Michael Cohen worth. And uh, it seems that even now, in his real estate holdings, not just his nominal holdings, but equity that he has in various in, in, in various holdings, he probably has at least thirty million dollars of equity to borrow against. Uh, so that's a lot of yeah, money. Yeah. And and now that's down from three or four years ago. Just on the basis of what we know is out there. He probably had a net worth of sixty, at least sixty million dollars. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not. T I mean, you can, uh, you know, I own an apartment in in New York City. I don't like, you know, 
I have a mortgage on it. I right. don't own it all. So right. in this case, I'm, we're talking very specifically about the equity he right. owns, what he can borrow against. Yeah. So there's a lot of weirdness there, and mm-hmm. we don't know the, the degree to which he is under, you know, what kind of financial distress he's in, uh, still loaning big months of money. Right. Who knows? That is all the kind of stuff that prosecutors want to dig really deep into, especially if they want you to cooperate on something else. Now, the last thing that came up this morning was, and you probably saw this, that there was a big story last night in the New York Times about basically questions that Robert Mueller or his team gave to the president's legal team, basically what we would want to ask the president. Right. Now, it's important to understand the sort of the, the chain of custody of these questions. The idea is that uh, the two groups probably sat down together. The uh, Mueller or, or one of his top staffers sort of described, here's the questions. I'm going to go through them yep. you know, with you here. The president's lawyers write them down, and somehow these ended up going to the New York Times. So yeah. it's pretty clear that that's the change. You know, they come from the direction of the president. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of questions there about uh, obstruction or, you know, possible obstruction. Mm-hmm. There are also a significant number of questions there on the collusion front. Now, one of them that is very interesting and has got a lot of attention, we're not going to go too deep into it now, was there's a question in there that basically says... Were you familiar with Paul Manafort asking the Russians for help in the election? Right. Now, this has already gotten a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of discussion. Uh, the a prosecutor never has to tell you what they know. Yeah. But it certainly seems like they're not just like you know speculating. Right. There. They're not fishing for that. Inf- you, you know they. They want confirmation, basically. Yeah, it seems like they know something. And, and, and one thing that the reporters from the, from the Times pointed out is that almost all the other questions that are listed there, we already know some pretty key predicates that make sense of those questions. So the questions about what were you thinking when you fired James Comey? We know he fired James Comey. Yeah. Uh, that is the one question in there that we may have a lot of suspicions, but there are no facts and evidence that we know that, are, that say anything like that. So that's mm-hmm. a big question out there. But the one I want to focus on is one of the highest level questions was, what communications did you have with Michael Cohen and Felix Sater about business transactions in Russia during 2016? So the point is there, this is you know Michael Cohen's role in the collusion investigation is very high on the list. This isn't some sideline or something like yeah. that. It's it's a major, major part of it. We kind of already knew that. That's not a huge surprise, but it is it's it's some level of of confirmation. And just rem- remind our listeners really quick, Michael Cohen and Felix Sater were involved in the Trump Tower Moscow project idea, right? So you know they were kind of in that mix. Yeah, they before, were. Right? They were. Yeah, they were. They're. They've. They've been involved in in several Russia related transactions. The, the one that that Mueller's team is probably referring to here is that late in 2015. So during the campaign, yeah. 
they were involved in what was probably the third attempt of the president's to put together a deal for a tower in Moscow. And they were talking about it in the fall of 2015. Michael Cohen was trying, was still trying to get in touch with some, uh, you know, like the pre- basically the press secretary to Vladimir Putin <laughs> right. uh, early, early in 2016. So yeah, so they were doing this and we know this, this yeah. is, this is kind of out there. And, and, right. and what they have said is, is, you know, this is, we're not, you know, we don't shut down the business just because the boss is running for president. We were right. trying to put together a deal. What's, right. the, what's the problem? So, yeah. So this is – he is very high on the radar in terms of what what they are looking at on the collusion front. Again, if you've been following this for a long time, not a huge surprise, but we see, we, we see that level of confirmation. But, again, the big thing in my mind that we have, that we have learned over the last few days is – We've gotten additional information about these different financial transactions that that Cohen is involved in, but the big thing seems to be that there is a already pretty much an open rupture between Cohen and President Trump. Yeah, and that is that's got to be pretty bad news for, <laughs> for President Trump. And and you know the, the 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 question you have there is, you know, why would why would President Trump be attacking Michael Cohen. I mean, what possibly can he gain from that? Uh, there's, there's even, even his defenders would say, well, Cohen can make up stuff and cause lots of pro. I mean, you know, I think in practice we know that Cohen knows a lot. Yeah. But even if he didn't know a lot, he could still make a lot of trouble right. for the president. Right. So why would he be? Why would he be doing this? I mean, first, I think there's two reasons. One is that the president is a really impulsive guy. The idea that someone is conceivably threatening your uh, wealth and maybe even your freedom is going to make you mad. Right. And I don't. Th- and and President Trump is not the type who's going to. I'm going to bite my tongue, <laughs> even though I'm really upset about yeah. this. Yeah. But the other thing is, and you know, you you sort of learn this from following scandals and prosecutions over many years that. Sometimes you're just fucked, right? Sometimes, sometimes you have no good angle. Yeah. And in this case, based on what we think we know, Michael Cohen, and there's some resistance in the press to kind of really laying this out, but Michael Cohen probably faces many years in prison, maybe decades in prison. I've, there's, there's a lot of reporting out there that says, well, can he, you know, can he handle the legal bills? Of length of a lengthy, you know, kind of prosecution. I don't think this isn't about legal bills. If it was a matter, if it was a matter of of handling legal bills, there's every sign that he has the money or could sort of bring together the money yeah, to right. deal with that. Again, every sign that he faces many years of prison potentially. If that's the case, he's, you know, his Trump's own family and seemingly Trump. Yeah seems to think he's not going to like take that just to protect the president. Right. And the other thing is that even if he did, they seized all these documents. So they may not even need Michael Cohen's cooperation. The documents may tell the story themselves. Yeah. Um, so in a, in a case like this, do you, do you not attack to kind of keep him loyal, even though he's obviously already kind of, probably going to cooperate against you do you then 
you know, go on the attack to discredit him, um, figuring that he's gonna he's gonna betray you anyway, so you might as well get started. Even though, if there are lots of documents, his credibility may not even matter. Yeah. So again, there's there's lots of cases where you may just be fucked. You may not have any good angle, and I suspect that's the situation they're in. I don't think they have a good strategy here. I mean, they'll probably pick the worst strategy, but I don't think they have a good one. It is kind of Trump's default as well to kind of just lash out. Basically, we've seen this with the Mueller investigation with what Comey has written and said about him. I mean, it's sort of your dominant, the theory of dominance that you've written a lot about. Someone's kind of going after you or has the potential to yeah, you want to get out ahead of it. Yeah. It reminded, you know, what you were saying reminded me of that Wall Street Journal story. There was an anecdote in there about Michael Cohen's son's bar mitzvah, I think. Oh, yeah. And oh. that Trump came and gave a speech or something. And the well, whole speech was about how... He didn't really want to come. <laughs> yeah, the Michael Cohen begged him to be there or something well, like and that. The, and, and the thing was, is that he actually had begged. Like, so, you know, Michael Cohen is is a close associate of the president's, worked very hard for yeah. him for m- many years. A bar mitzvah is a, is a major rite of passage for for a, a a Jewish family, so he so he really had to strain to get Trump to come. And again, this isn't like flying across the country. It's like <laughs> it's like taking the subway out yeah. to out to out to uh, Brooklyn or something, yeah, right. or I guess Long Island or something. Right. And so he had to beg and plead. Then Trump came late, <laughs> so they had to kind of like hold up the bar mitzvah. And again, this is like like delaying like. You're 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 getting married, exactly, and, yeah. and and the 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 service, you know, the the um, the ceremonies at noon, and you're like, wait, like Trump isn't here, you got to hold on. <laughs> no, can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. And then and then Trump gets there, and he gives a speech, and then, like you said, the speech is yeah. basically about like, oh, Michael Cohen, man, he begged <laughs> me to come here, and and there was even some other like digs, and that that's yeah. that's why you got to read this 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 journal piece because the whole thing is about how Trump has just crapped on him yeah. for years and years and years. And and again, that's that's Trump's thing. Yeah. That if you're a loyalist, you take that, and that's just how he deals with you. It makes you wonder a little bit if Michael Cohen was willing to put up with some of this sort of humiliation and just taunting, you know, as long as it was financially kind of in his interest, right? If you're having access to capital or yeah. deals or whatever. In this case today when he faces possible legal prosecution might not be, might not be worth sort of putting up with that anymore. And so that, that could be what Trump is worried about. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's no question that it was very lucrative for Michael Cohen. I think if you read that journal article and just based on everything that I have read about him and people who know him, who I've talked about, there's also clearly a psychological dimension that he just kind of worships Trump and craves his, you know, approbation and affirmation and everything. So it's, I don't think it's just a a financial, a financial calculation, but there's no doubt that there's some of that. And the thing though, to think about in terms of, of what Michael Cohen is thinking right now. And I think we've, we've, I've written about this at talkingpointsmemo.com. We've talked about it a bit on, on, on the podcast Michael Cohen really thought 
he was going to be a player in the Trump administration. Right. I mean, as as insane as it sounds, at various points, he thought he was the odds-on favorite to be either the chief of staff or the White House counsel. I mean, I don't know what kind of <laughs> yeah. like what kind of weed from the Shiners yeah. he was he was smoking, yeah. but he really thought that, and he was really hurt when he was totally frozen out. And right. one of the one of the things that is talked about in that journal article right. is over the last year him just being hurt and disconsolate. Yeah. On the outside, yeah. Yeah, and even like, you know, uh Trump had this like feud with Mark Cuban during the <laughs> during the twenty sixteen campaign. And apparently uh Cohen made a point of like getting lunch at a very, you know, conspicuous <laughs> shishi restaurant uh-huh. in New York with with Mark Cuban to kind of, uh, you know, almost like when you're trying to, when, when, when someone's jilted you and you're trying to like, you know, right. date someone else to right. make them jealous or something <laughs> right. like that. And so, and, and, and uh, Trump saw that and like called Cohen up and Cohen's like, hey, man, I was just... I was telling him how how he has to be loyal <laughs> to you, boss. So like this, this yeah. very just this this kind of yeah. yeah complicated, very messy, needy kind of kind of thing that they have going on. But the point for our purposes, I think, is that there's a lot of hurt and dark feelings yeah. that prosecutors probably have to work with yeah. when they when they are threatening him with a lengthy jail term that. You know that may make him. You know, you sort of see those things in a different light yeah. when when you're looking at maybe a couple decades in 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 prison. So yep. I think they've got a, I think they've got a decent amount to work with. And again, we're we are just in the last few days seeing signs that this is kind of bursting out into the open. Yeah. So we obviously we have the National Enquirer story and cover this week. I guess how soon until shows up on Fox and Friends, I wonder, and sort of, you know, gets laundered through more mainstream or popular outlets? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I suspect that this thing that came up in CNN yesterday, mm-hmm. that seems to be Cohen saying, in essence, yeah, of course they're right. going, you know, they're, they, they're turning on me and attacking me. I suspect that's going to sort of gin more stuff up. Yeah. I don't know... Um, it's not clear to me. Like, does does do people around Cohen start like talking to the press themselves? Yeah. I mean, the problem the, the problem that Cohen has is that the the obvious things for him or his people to leak are crimes <laughs> <laughs> that he, either he is involved in yeah. or he and Trump were involved right. in. So when you are when you are pre cooperation, that's that's dicey. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a difficult yeah. uh, balance to 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 manage. So I I don't I don't know. I mean, you have um, and I, I don't know how the Stormy Daniels thing is going to play into this. You know, their 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 first suit just got delayed yeah. by the judge out in Los Angeles, and and now they've they're they now filed another one against President Trump right. for defamation or whatever. So. Not really clear how that's going to play in. I think. I think what what I am really interested in, you know, in the next week is just looking at, uh, you know, looking at more information coming out about Cohen's businesses because that doesn't have to come from 
Cohen necessarily. Right. Just as as we're as we're finishing up, I wanna I wanna recommend a a book to you. Um, I read. I think it's it's out in the next few days. It's on the Trump Russia story. Um, it is actually called Trump. Russia, like Trump <laughs> slash Russia, yeah. a definitive history. So easy to remember that. Easy to remember, and like not the most original <laughs> like title. In yeah. any case, but it's by a guy named Seth Hetna. And I know this guy from years ago because he was a reporter on the Duke Cunningham story, which the oldsters out there are gonna remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of the the in some ways the sort of the archetypal uh, 21st century uh, political corruption story. Anyway, yeah. he was he was one of the reporters on that story, wrote a very good book about it. In any case, he's got this book out, Trump, Russia, Definitive History. I read it. It It is about out, it's out in like a week or something like that. You can pre-order it on Amazon or wherever else. It's really good. It it There's a lot of, there's a lot of new information in there about Trump's business dealings, about Cohen's business dealings. I wouldn't say there's any one sort of like, you know, blockbuster revelation. Um, But I follow this stuff pretty closely. And there were a lot of new details that I had not known before. But the big thing is just the way it kind of like pulls together the story. Yeah. um, And, and, you know, really gives you that overview. So I liked it a lot. Um, you should, if you're interested in, 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 in this story, you should, you should pick up a copy. Again, it's, it's, I, th- I think it's out in like a week, uh, maybe sooner than that. You can pre-order it now. Again, it's called Trump, Russia, A Definitive History by Seth Hetna. So, okay. So we covered, we covered the latest on Michael Cohen. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out this week. We're probably going to come back with an extra episode uh, later this week. So, so stay tuned for that. And we haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you enjoy the Josh Marshall podcast, definitely subscribe. Absolutely. Definitely, you know, uh, share it with your friends, mention it. We're trying to build the audience and we're off to a great start, but we need your help. And the last thing is, if you're enjoying the show or, or if you have, you know, some, if you want to complain, if you want to give us a hard time, we want to hear Feel from you. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you can you can send emails to talk at talkingpointsmemo.com. Talk at talkingpointsmemo.com. That is our main email address. We all here get those emails. TPA. We yep. all read them. Yep. Comes to the entire staff. We all read them. We really want to hear from you, just in general, but especially about the podcast. What you think? How we can improve? Uh, yeah, what you want like to hear, hear yeah. on and stuff like Absolutely. that. So, all right. Uh, thank you so much. And, and before we go, let's let's uh, remember who uh, this episode is brought to you by. It's brought, brought to you by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. I'm probably going to get a refill right now. Yeah, totally. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Josh. See you you next week. Bye.